Welcome to the Chicago Bears Podcast. A presentation of ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Here's your host, Pat the Designer. Bear Down Bears fans, welcome into a Wednesday edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. I'm the host, Pat the Designer, joined as always on Wednesday by Jason McKee in the building and special guest. Hold on, let me let me run through the sheet here real quick because I had to put down everything that this man has accomplished out here. A Big 12 defensive freshman of the year, uh, three-time NFL Pro Bowler, second team All-Pro in 2005, Chicago Bear from 2004 to 2010, 31 and a half sacks, seven fumble recoveries, one interception. We got to talk about that interception as well. Ladies and gentlemen, number 73, on the 100 greatest Chicago Bears of all time, Tommy Harris is in the building. Tommy, what's going on, man? What's up, brother? What's up, man? So good what to have you? you here, man. A long list there, long time here. Being a Chicago Bear, man, it's so good to have you here on the podcast. How you feeling today? You said you just got out, done from uh, working out, uh, so so you, uh, <laughs> you're feeling a little bit sore out here. How you feeling today? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling blessed. Uh, feeling refreshed, you know, just went and uh, sweated it out and uh, got my class out. And uh, Jay Mack said he wanted to jump on the horn and talk some Bears football. Hey, man, I love it. I love it. This is, yeah. this is my favorite part of the day. Yeah, we had to get you on, man, you know, especially with, with all the Bears news going on. The draft just happened. And, you know, you were a uh, 2004 draft pick, the number 14 overall pick by the Bears. That was a great day because, one, we gained a great player, but we also gained a great man and a great teammate. You know, that Tommy was here in Chicago for a long time. So, Tommy, we had D. Hess on last week, and he talked about his draft journey. Uh, can you talk about your draft journey and what that process was like for you? First quarter. Yeah, man, that process was um, uh, uh, stressful, you know. I mean, and they make it very tedious. I'm talking about you might fly into a town – you might get in there at 11 at night and you got to be into the facility by 5 a.m. in the morning uh, for workouts, for uh, uh, physicals, for all different type of things. It's like uh, going for a job interview, but it's a physical part of it. And you, yeah. you're doing this to as many teams that are interested in you. You have to get up and go whenever you get this call and be there. So you have to be in prime shape. You have to be focused out of your mind. And uh, it was fun, too. Also going to the different places. Uh, it really got you ready for entrepreneur life after football, if you're really paying attention, uh, just doing those interviews, getting ready for day-to-day jo uh, -day job interviews. So it really helped a lot uh, looking back on it in hindsight. Now, I enjoyed all of it. What was the moment that you knew, right? Tommy Harris coming up, you're dominating in the football world. But what was the moment that you knew, hey, I might be going to the NFL? Uh, I knew I knew that I had a uh, I knew that I was the only thing that could stop me from going because I, I never really saw um, uh, I, I just knew my ability was I had a special thing I, and I, I knew that it, it I, I didn't see it in many people yeah. and I just knew it would carry me far as long as I stayed healthy and stayed in shape. 
No, yeah. facts. I mean, it, it's 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 so good to see how the career path went in there, man. Like you're you were where so many of these rookies coming from the coming out of the draft are now. What was that first moment like when you're running on the Bears field in that Bears jersey where they're heading to? What was what was the the experience like for you? Well, the the you know coming out of that 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 locker room the first time, the the, the number one thing for a first round pick is not you you're not just excited you got drafted. You're yeah. not worried about I don't want to be a bus. So now it's especially coming to a locker room with guys like Olin Krutz and uh, uh, Brian Robinson and uh, all those old school guys. Uh, they made you earn every day you were in there. They it, it wasn't just given. So that that guy that was in college that was a top player, you got to come do this all over and earn your respect in these new locker rooms. And um, I, I took it on as a challenge, and I, I loved every bit of it. I mean, coming in there with Erlacher, Alex Brown, uh, Adewale and Gunle, like uh, being able to be there, and, and Peanut, even Charles Tillman is at my draft day. So that was crazy. He was from Carpus Cove right up the street, and I came to the house and said, welcome to the team. I knew it was going to be a great time. Yeah, Tommy, I want to ask you a little bit, you know, more about, you know, you talked about the main thing you were focused on, you know, first round draft pick. You didn't want to come in and be a bust. And, you know, the Bears just drafted two defensive tackles, uh, Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens, two defensive tackles. They're looking to play on that defensive front. And in a similar defense that you played under Lovey Smith here in Chicago for a long time, uh, tell the Bears fans in Chicago you know, some of the things that you were required to do as that three technique and that four three scheme that Lovey and that Lovey uh you know had here in Chicago, similar to what Coach Eberflus is installing here. Well, the Tampa two is a lot like playing in a golf scramble. Um, where you have four golfers, right? Not all of them have to be good, but four of them equals one good golfer. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's a cover two. Like you can Cover two, the, the corner doesn't have to run a 4-2 or a 4-1. And it, he just has to football and know, to, and know where to be. And in this system, what speeds all of that up is having a great under tackle um, and a nose guard. Guys that can rush the timing, uh, move the quarter, make the quarterback uncomfortable and make mistakes happen. Because the cover two, you know where guys are going to be. And you, we beat ourselves when we're not in, in position or in our space. So that three technique has to be very disruptive. If he's not making a play, he has to make the block. Uh, if he's not uh, making a play, he has to disrupt the blocking schemes. And uh, that's what it's about. Just get upfield, cause havoc, man, and everything else is going to flow behind you. When, you. when you look at what Javon Dexter is coming into the league with, right? We're literally looking at him very much like we looked at you when you came into the league, right? Like, this has to be our guy. We take, we've take, we taken him. Uh, he, he's a second-round pick. You were a first-round pick. So different in that aspect. But the pressure that goes into, okay, I think I'm going to be the lead guy here at that nose tackle position. Can you speak to that? Like, what was that like coming in? It wasn't any pressure for me because it, it was like I just switched uniforms, right? Like I didn't have to relearn a playbook. Yeah, I, I ran the same defense in college. So I think it's number one, it's very important what systems you jump into. Uh, the systems make the player. The player doesn't make the system. 
And that's what they have to understand off rip. If you get into a system and you're a productive, uh, get up the field type of person in a four, three, you're going to do well. That same player, uh, playing that, like I had to go from Chicago playing in the Tampa two system to a three, four, that was totally against my skill set. I was not built to build to hold up linemen and to let linebackers make the play. I usually start the party off and invite the guys to come with me. So <laughs> those are two different type of uh, defenses, you know. So for him to get into this system, um, I see that his skill set fits it and uh, let him know that he's the party starter. And in the city of Chicago, you got a city that's, that's looking forward to somebody coming in there wrecking havoc. It's been a minute uh, since they had a sound guy in that middle just, just – truly disrupting stuff on a consistent basis. And uh, I believe the future is bright for these guys. Yeah, Tommy, like, you know, besides on the field advice, you know, to those two guys, Dexter and Pickens, two young guys here in the, the big bright lights of Chicago, uh, what, what are some other, what is, what is some other advice you can give these guys, you know, about, you know, off the field and how to succeed and how to adapt to a different environment? You know, obviously Dexter coming from, from being down there in Gainesville, you know, big difference between coming here in Chicago and like you mentioned, the pressure that comes along with being a high draft pick and succeeding for a great franchise like the Bears. What other advice could you give these two rookies to help them be successful? Well, I, I would just tell them to uh, make sure when they pack all the things to come to the city of Chicago, forget the humble pie and to bring some humble pie with them um, to show up uh, to this new opportunity as a novice and they'll get the most out of the uh, the most uh, out of the benefit. And uh, these guys really are coming into a city that started football. Like this is not uh, one of those late teams. This is one of the founders of football. So this means a lot. And this window of opportunity it closes fast. So suck as much of it out of out of it as you can. Uh, live as close as you can to the facility to about three years and learn the city and where to go. Uh, sit on your wallet till you can understand the instructions of what you want to invest in. Don't invest in someone else's ideal until you have your own and then you can invest in your own with your own capital. But stay focused and uh, everyone can't come with you on this opportunity. And uh, try to fly as light as you can. And bir always remember that birds fly high but you got to come down to get a drink so all the chickens stay around the water. So make sure you remember to stay humble because you got to come back down and go home and sometimes and see people. So walk. But well, you done made me feel like I'm talking to my family out here with the, with yeah. the, uh, with the, with the chickens yeah. reference, right? Well, that's, that's that Alabama right there. What you know? <laughs> Tommy, AC, Tommy was always, Tommy was the younger, older brother, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we, and we live close to each other. So Tino's, you know, Nights, I'm over his house getting advice. He's at my house getting advice. And yeah. the thing that we talked about the least was football. You know what I mean? Like, I, I never had a brother, but, you know, Tommy is one of the guys who was like my brother. And, uh, you know, T, I got, I got to tell a story, man. And you talked oh. about – I got to tell a Tommy story. You talked oh, about you talked about living close to the facility, right? Mm -hmm. So I ain't going to mention the names, and obviously Tommy is one. So we had a, we had a guy uh, – I think he was drafted in the fourth or fifth round, right? So he's a special teams guy. 
So Tommy, right, Tom, he, he, he stayed with Tommy, and Tommy would take him to the facility. So Tommy didn't have to be there early in the morning for special teams because he didn't, you know, he didn't play special teams. He was a starter on defense. Yeah. Uh, but the other guy, I won't mention his name, had to be there for special teams, but he rode with Tommy. <laughs> so Tommy, so Tommy would get so Tommy would get up at his time to go to practice. So this guy would show up late. He would show up late to special teams every like every day for like a for like a couple of days straight. So Coach Tobe, our special teams coach, is like, hey, look here, such and such. You better not show up late tomorrow. Right. So what happens the next day? The meeting starts. This person's not in the meeting. He comes in late with Tommy. And Tommy's like, I'm like, man, will you stop making him late? Tommy's like, I don't got to be there at that time. <laughs> you better get a ride. <laughs> hey, there was no Uber back then. There was, you know, it was nothing like that. So, I mean, it's just a funny story. But there was no excuse that two men in the NFL needing a ride from each other. Exactly. Right. He should have had his own vehicle. And then, you know what? I think, he, I think Leon did. Leon had a BMW. Leon Joe. He had a, a silver BMW, but we but all of us lost our keys. We could not find any keys that morning. And my neighbor took us to ride, took us to work, and made us put on the seatbelts in his minivan. And he enjoyed every bit. He lectured, <laughs> he lectured us for like 40 under the whole way to work, just talking about you guys should know better. You guys are grown up men. That, um, <laughs> and love you fine. Love you fine. Both yeah. of $25,000. Yeah. I was doing Katrina. He yeah. said all the money was going to Katrina. Hey, remember, and Lovey, and Lovey, Pat, Lovey didn't care if there was uh, 20 inches of snow out there on the ground. You yeah. had to be there at that time. And if yeah. you came in late, I remember some guys was coming in late because we had a snowstorm a couple of times. And you know, you would tell them, I don't care. You should have left earlier. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care. <It's bull. laughs> Everybody be fooled behind that lovey, love, love, Hey, lovey didn't play. Bro. He did not play. Uh, Chimney Christmas. If you heard that, you in some trouble. I'm trying to tell you, he wanted to cuss so bad, Pat, and we used to be like, "Lovey, just please say it. Just please nah, say it." Jimmy that's Christmas. That's his best word. <laughs> bull crap. Now, now I will say this, Tommy. Now I, I do know that you were suspended at one point by Lovey. Mm-hmm. Can you give us the details on how you made him that mad? <laughs> well, I don't. The, the the suspension didn't come from Lovey. I think the suspension was higher up. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, from Lovey. I, I I don't know. That's when everything started to really go. Back. That's when the politics of football. They knew I was hurt more than what they were telling the media, and I was playing through it. So I always advise any of these players like. It used to be a time where you have respect for playing through pain and all that, but that looks bad on paper. Like that looks terrible on paper to 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 if you're pushing through a pain and then you come back, these people are gonna cut you because you came back and they have it on film. And you're thinking that these guys got your best interest in hand. It's so many games and shady in this business. So another thing to these guys. First off, I want them to understand that nobody's investing in your personality. They're investing in your skill set. Yeah. So these people don't know you. They don't. All they know is what your skills could do. And the better your skills perform, the more they get to know your personality. Mm-hmm. So make sure your skills stay high and the benefit of your personality gets time to mature in front of people. But mm-hmm. if your 
skill set goes low, people not interested in learning anything about you. First quarter of the show there. Tommy here is dropping gems out here, man. We need to, we got to get a soundboard so we can get the like the fire emojis and all. Yeah, the man, 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 man. He's dropping gems in that first quarter, man. As we get into the second quarter here. Second quarter. Tommy, I want to ask you this. You talked about making, everybody can't go on the journey with you, right? Who's the person in your life outside of you that if they didn't exist, you don't get to the NFL? Shoot, my mother. You know, my mother, and that, you know, that's just a, a obvious. That that woman has been a, a strong beacon in my life. And, um, I mean, just, just being the Michelangelo of this statue, like, she made me, so it's always going to be credit to her now. When it comes to uh, the uh, the the external part of it, I would say uh, Coach Washington, Kenny Washington, and Anna King, uh, my first D line coach, Kenny Washington, and Anna King is a principal of mine that touched my life, that changed my life, and she kind of made me whole from not just being an athlete but being a, a student athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Pat. Yeah, Tommy, tell tell the Bears fans, you know, had a long playing career, successful playing career. T- tell the Bears fans in Chicago uh, what Tommy Harris is up to now. Well, uh, now I spend most of my days getting my kids up, making sure they're fine and, and uh, taking them to school or dropping off lunches if they forget their badges. Or most of the time it's, it's surrounded around them. And then I do – uh, serial entrepreneurship in in my spare time. Um, I'm an author. I do some music here and there. Um, just pretty much an artist, man, a, f- a free artist and a stay-at-home father. And uh, I just love encouraging people. So, And beyond that, I try to stay out the way and mind my own biscuits so my life would be gravy. Tell me, tell, tell them about your book, too. You were talking about being an author. You wrote a book and tell tell Chicago where they can find your book. Oh yeah, I wrote a book called uh, "Indoor: Playing Through Life's Hardest Hits," and um, it just uses uh, football and life uh, lessons and puts them together and correlates them, and uh, just uh, teaching you just an outcome to continue to uh, push through and endure whatever comes your way and never ever quit. But you can find the book on uh, TommyHarris.com. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, you can find it on all the all the reading outlets. And then I'm, I have two more chapters to finish my audio. My audio book will be out in two months. Maybe you can find that on Audible as well. You got that out on Audible, coming out on Audible? You can read it on Audible, but then it'll be uh, on Audible. Love that. Love that. I, I, lo- I love the fact that you're, you're so into giving giving the next generation the lessons that they that they need to learn. There's so many people that take what they get and they just say, well, it's mine. Now. I got to hold on to it. But I, everything I've seen from you since your playing career has end, ended has been about giving to the next generation, educating the next generation, putting people, uh, telling people how to get to their pedestal. I love that about you, man. It, it, what what led you to realize that you you had that gift to reach people in that way? Well, it's, it's not. I just, I just think people get the benefit of of my insanity, and and that's that's all I know. 
how to do it. It only makes sense to, I'm not doing something that is uncomfortable to me. This is the only thing I know how to do. At the end of the day, you can only make so much money, but you can't buy tomorrow, right? Like, so it, it, it's like, what are you going to do in the meantime of all these different things that you can't control? Do what you can control, and that's helping another person or encouraging another person why you still have time. Like, you can't make it out of life alive. And I had to learn that at an early age. So while you're here, your job is to encourage someone else, um, try to make their time. Uh, uh, life is hard enough being who you didn't ask to be. So when you get a chance to be around people, it's just to encourage and inspire. Man, the world is so dark right now, and, and everyone is so lost in other people's misery that that no one's just checking on, hey, how you doing today, man? Your teeth look nice. Your shoes, are, you look good. You doing well? You drinking water today? Like all our conversations is talking about bull crap, a bunch of noise. So I just want to play a sweet sound in the midst of all this chaos that, that can soothe someone's heart and let them know they're okay and they can make it one more day. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's you. Yeah, and Tommy, you know, he's always been the type of guy, despite having, you know, so much success on the field, you know, despite being on a, on a platform here in Chicago, I mean, he's been a guy who, you know, I'm, I can recall going over his house and, you know, hey, J-Mac, you want these shoes here or, you know, take this for your boys. And that wasn't just me or his teammates. That was with everybody. You know, that was, you know, like he talked about his neighbor, you know, his neighbor come over, Tommy, you know, would, would, you know, just welcome him in like family. So I think, you know, for me, that was, that was, you know, Tommy's biggest quality was, it was his heart. And, uh, you know, we were, we were blessed to have, you know, a player like Tommy in our locker room, you know, cause he impacted us all you know, just as much of it, just as much as he made an impact on the football field. And it just goes back to Pat and I'll tell Chicago this too. It goes back to, you know, we talk about, you know, what makes a successful football team. And we talk about it. It's not the on the field, you know, attributes and, and things that you have on the field. It's the chemistry that you have off the field with your teammates. You know, if you if you care about and love your teammate as a person, as a brother, well, then you know what? When you line up on that football field, now I know I'm going into battle with my brother. So I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that, you know, we're successful, to make sure that, hey, he's here next year because this is a year in and year out job. You know what I'm saying? So that's the type of uh, quality human beings we had in that locker room that really enabled us to go on a run like we did. And you can see that, you know, with Tommy and and obviously with Devin last week. But that's the biggest key ingredient, I think, to having a, you know, an elite caliber football team. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it shows I see a lot of people post career and they just kind of exist. Y'all team has been like even just starting this podcast and, and joining with y'all is like everybody's still rocking with each other. Hey, what's going on? How you been? How your family been? Like you can tell that y'all had that dynamic. And I really it really shows that that's such a big key in getting to that next level of winning. Oh, and yeah. We, and it, it's, it, it doesn't stop there. When you develop that right at an early age amongst brethren or co-workers that become brothers and yeah. I'm tight. Uh, it, it plays on after football, right? That because the game, the game is still the same. The field just changes, right? You still got double teams coming. You still got losses. You still got wins. You still got penalties on the play. You still got holdings, things holding you back. 
still got things interfering with you. You, you, you got all kind of things that still continue on in life and you still got to come to your brothers at some part of your life and say, hey, man, I'm not doing well or I'm struggling with this. And uh, that's what happened to me in New Year's. And, and Jay Mack was there for me. And I had I, I just I had lost my father and I lost my sister and I had just hit a window where I, I like who who helps the person that pours all day. And and you find brothers that I was reminded that I had people in my life that I've already did the work with that all I had to do was tell that I wasn't doing well and they were there right in the nick of time and we spent had about four of the best days together and I had some nostalgia that I forgot I I, I forgot who I was a little bit and he reminded me of that and I've been kicking back ever since so it's just don't take these relationships for granted right now. You guys are young. Um, and if you find a guy you love, man, and, and tell him, let him know you love him and lock in with him because these are relationships for life, potentially. Facts, man. Facts. As we as we finish this out, man, always great to have Tommy Harris here. Always welcome on the podcast. One more question for you before you go, Tommy, when you look at what this Bears defense is building, are you getting a little bit excited? Okay. Hey, hey, I love the honesty from y'all as well. Like, like oh, the, this team is the most honest players I've ever seen. It's hard. You compared it against their defense. I mean, you had him, you had Bridge, you had yeah. like Mike yeah. Brown. And you, oh, had, you had Tank, you had Spike. Man. Yeah, we had Malay, some, I mean, oh, uh, my we goodness, had, we had some dogs in the milk, but but not just that. I'm not saying it for that. I, I'm I want to say it more as I'm a student of the game, yeah. right? Like the same way I love, I'm a boxer, I love to train in boxing, fight, I love everything about fighting. Yeah, I study it. Same way with football. Uh, someone asked me, Who you think gonna win between Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia? I said, They have to fight. Yeah, it's the same way with them. We can do all these names and all this other stuff. Some teams look like they won the Super Bowl on paper, but week three, it might all five dudes might not be there. See, the reality of I don't get caught up in all that. Y'all yeah. got to play. Yeah, and yeah. I want to see. I want to see what's going to come off the paper. The paper looks cool. It looks pretty right now. But can we make these things turn real? Can they really do? what has been invested into it. And in and Chicago, we're past the hopes. We need good football. Yes. Tell them. I don't want to hope. I don't I don't want to I, I just want to see guys get it done. I don't want I, I, I don't want to get disappointed. Yeah. I just want to see the guys go in and let go. You want you want to wear your Bears gear down there in Texas. You want to be able to wear it proudly, right? I don't wear no bears gear. <laughs> yeah, the bears cut me, man. I don't wear. Bears gear, bro. I don't wear none of them people gear, man. Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> oh man, I love this podcast so much. Tommy, yeah, so, hey, you understand, man? Tommy, Tommy will have you in tears, man. He didn't have me. He didn't have me trying to catch my breath. We didn't. We didn't laugh so much, man. Man, but I'm saying, you get fired from Walmart. You still wearing that shirt? <laughs> I'm not wearing that shirt. I, I got some stuff hanging up, but I'm wearing this. 
I be about to cry wearing they stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't finished like I wanted to. I ain't wearing it. Oh, man, no. Oh, God. Man, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not funny because they cut them, but yeah. like it, it's so yeah. funny because it's such a real answer. Man, yeah, they, they, they cut me too. They cut me. They cut me. Them people act like they don't know you all. Yeah. Uh. Uh. At least I'm not gonna say a name, but at least, at least, and I ain't gonna say a name, but at least you didn't. After you got released, you know, tried to go back up to the facility, walk in. You know what I'm saying? Then get escorted out by Tom Dillon. You know what I'm saying? Man, I don't even. Hey, they be sending me invites. I be so I be about to cry just looking at the invite. Like, man, <laughs> I ain't come. Please, no. But I, I love. Let me tell you something. That city, that city raised me. That city, I, I love the people of Chicago. I love the city, man. Uh, and I thank the Bears for the opportunity. A great organization. Being able to work with them, but uh, I I I really enjoyed it. I think anybody get opportunity to put on that uniform, man, enjoy it, suck it all up, and make the most of it. Ladies and gentlemen, the realest guest we've had on this podcast to this point, probably Tommy Harris, All Pro, one hundred top Chicago Bears. Tommy, appreciate you for joining the podcast. Hey, can I ask y'all something? Go ahead. How long should I be excited about that uh, top 100? <laughs> I was like 50-something last year, and then it went to 73. So I might be out of there next year. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you this right now, Tommy. If you out of there, that means you at least got Bears winning football to watch because somebody new that showed up to move you out. <laughs> okay, that's, that, that's good. Hey, yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like what uh, – um, uh, I think Mongo said it one time. He was on the radio. He was like, listen, I love that they show me all this love for 85 Bears and all that stuff. He's like, but, man, I wish I had a new team to root for. I wish oh, somebody man. would take my place. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. Yeah, well, I, I think they're doing it great. They, they're they making major moves. I, I hope that it, it it's as good as televised. So That's the goal, man. Let's hope so, man, because it, 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 listen, it makes the podcast more interesting if we right, win. Me and J-Mac sitting here talking about another three-win team, we in trouble. Who are we opening up with? They haven't dropped the schedule yet, so we know we got we know what teams we play, but they haven't scheduled drops yeah. uh, next Thursday. Next Thursday, yeah. uh, Eric is telling me, so uh, we we'll got, see. We got, we got who? Do we got the Jets. Do we have the Jets? I don't think we have the Jets this year. We played the Jets last year, so I don't think we got the Jets. Jets. Oh, okay. That's my favorite player. What? Who? who? Hey, Rod. Oh boy, you gonna finish? You gonna finish with your uh, Packers being your favorite player? (laughs) But that's my no. That's my guy though. That's we've been we've been. That's a good dude, bro. (laughs) For real, I like I like Rod a lot, bro. And Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we got we got two. I take Rivers over over A Rod for uh just for my Bears sanity. Y'all you didn't hear the A Rod part. You talking about <laughs> talent? You talking about talent skill wise? No, 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 definitely not. He's talking about because he, he just don't like him because he obviously A Rod was you know with the Packers obviously so. <laughs> you would take A Rod in Chicago. Hey, listen. Oh, I would in a heartbeat. I ain't gonna lie. In a look at you. Look at you over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> in a heartbeat. I can't I can't deny that he's the greatest Man. quarterback 
talent wise that I've ever seen. I'm but I'm you. hoping that Pat Mahomes erases that in my mind real quick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like Aaron Rodgers is a dog. Of course I would want him here in Chicago throughout his career. I'm, the, the best quarterback we've seen was was Jay. And hopefully now yeah. Justin. Mahomes, Mahomes really, like, he he really got a lot of my respect after last year. Like, yeah. yeah. He gave that old school football, playing through the pain, the grit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, if you was DeMar Hamlin, are you coming back, J-Mac? Would I have came back? Are you coming back? Uh, I probably – oh, man, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I, you love the game, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to be taken from it. But I'm going to be scared. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be scared. So probably not. They here's let me ask y'all this right because y'all have both been through different things uh, uh, on the field injury wise stuff like that. I've heard that the hardest hurdle to get over isn't the physical, it's the mental. Is that true? After injury, after an injury, yeah, hundred a hundred percent. Yeah. What's you the ever, what's the mindset? You ever, going a, you ever been in a car crash? Yeah. So you know how that that PTSD over like just riding everything is fast you think yeah. no one knows what they're doing with the wheel that's how you feel inside of your every step you don't know if it's going to happen again or it takes a while to get over that but mm. this is life and death like yeah i'm not coming back yeah yeah with demar hammond yeah that's that's tough no yeah, it's definitely a, it, it's a scary situation i, I think everybody's going to look at him i mean everybody's going to be watching him on the field including his teammates just like Please just just be good, be healthy. I hope he has a healthy long career. But how do you how do you get ability? Like how do you I, get your they they you finish now? Don't come back. You they got to pay you to rest. Nope. You're not you're gonna say you're fine. Yeah. Now you're gonna have to go. The back door of football is ugly, and that's in my new book. I got. No, I'm just playing. Uh, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title. That was the title right there. The backdoor football. <laughs> it's ugly. Huh? It is uh, ugly though. It is it's ugly, just, man. It's just, yeah. it's just Tommy peeking out the door, just looking at you, like yeah. ah, don't come up in here. <laughs> That's good. We just did. It. We might come up with them. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, listen. So that's how that's how the greatest ideas are created, right there. Just in the spur of the moment. <laughs> hey, bro, are you at the Bears facility? Who Pat Pat's in the studio downtown? Oh, I'm, in, I'm in the studio at ESPN downtown right now. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I thought you was talking about J Mac. I was like, dang, J Mac got a house that looked nice enough to be. <laughs> no, like, I'm, at, I'm at home right now. I'm at home. I'm at home. I came from the school. I, I know that kitchen. J Mac mama used to throw down in that kitchen. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Green, <laughs> hey, collard green juice everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy, we appreciate you for tuning in and rocking with us on this episode, man. Yeah. You're always love welcome you back. Hey, love, love you, bro. Thank you, bro. Stay safe out here for sure. Man, that was Tommy Harris. Gotta love it, man. Coming through with the great stories, great time, so much inspiration, man. Love to hear that. As we get into the third quarter here, J-Mac, this was a topic that you were... Uh, very intrigued by looking at the backfield that the Chicago yeah. Bears now have. They went in the draft, grab another running back. Uh, we already had 
three on the roster when we got here. We currently also have a fullback on the roster as well. J-Mac, you're wondering, is the backfield now too crowded? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a lot of backs in their running back room now. And, you know, I've been a part of rooms where we had a lot of backs, especially going into to OTAs and mini camps in the offseason. You're, you're going to stockpile talent. And, you know, obviously the way you play is going to determine who's going to be that lead dog. And nowadays, you know, you're going to have two backs. It's going to be a two-back system. When I played, it was majority of one back getting all the carries. Um, so you look at it now, you look at Herbert. I think, you know, Khalil Herbert is going to be the number one. I think Deontay Foreman, you know, he's on a one-year prove-it deal. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll be the two. Uh, Rashawn Johnson, they picked up from the University of Texas. Obviously, he was down there with Bijan Robinson, the first-round draft pick for the Atlanta Falcons. And a lot of people say, you know, uh, Rashawn Johnson, they say he wasn't Bijan Robinson's backup. They say he played alongside Bijan Robinson because he's that talented. And I'll just stick with Rashawn for a little bit. Uh, the thing that I took away from him is, and I listened to Paul's comments on what he thought about Rashawn and what made him intrigued and why he was shocked that Rashawn was still there in the fourth round. The main thing that, that he said, the thing that stuck with me the most, Pat, is he talked about his pass protection, right? Being able to pass protect, being a physical pass protector. And for a young back in this league, the way to earn yourself playing time, the way to earn yourself time on that football field is being solid in the pass protection. You know, one, you got to know who you're protecting. You got to know what linebacker you're blocking or if the safety's coming down, what safety you may have to pick up based upon the protection that's called in the huddle. But at the same time, physically, you got to be able to execute that. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times these linebackers, they may be bigger than you. You may have to chip on a DN. He's going to be bigger than you. If you can get that done and you can show the physical physicality to be able to, to handle that, that, uh, that skill, well, then you have an opportunity to earn playing time. You're not to mention that he's a big back. He's got speed. You can catch the ball in the backfield. So I think the Bears, when they saw him there, you know, in the fourth round, they were shocked because based upon his skill set, they figured he would have been gone. And I think another another quality that Rashawn has is, you know, playing alongside Bijan Robinson is he didn't have to take a lot of – he didn't get a lot of carry. So there's not a lot of mileage on them tires. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really excited about him joining this backfield. Uh, obviously, Travis Homer is a guy they brought in on a two-year deal. And then Tristan Edgar was a six-round draft pick last year who didn't really get an opportunity. Uh, you know, he didn't really – when he got it, he didn't really wow anybody. So, you know, I look at this backfield. I look at those guys that I mentioned, right? And I can see the Bears keeping four running backs, all right? So I think it's going to be a battle between, you know, Travis Homer and Tristan Edgar. And I think whoever plays out of those two guys, whoever's the better special teams player, I think we're earning a spot on the roster. I think, obviously – Travis Homer has more experience. Yeah. Uh, but Tristan Ebner, you know, he, he's, he's got to be solid in the return game. Uh, you know, he's got to have a stellar preseason. And, you know, I think between those two is going to be a battle. So I'm excited. I'm also excited about, you know, Deontay Foreman. I think that, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit. And when you look at what he's done, what he did last year, his first real opportunity to be the lead back there down in Carolina, he almost ran for 1,000 yards. And look out through his entire career, he averages four yards a carry. He's a big back, so I can see him doing more of the inside running in between the tackles. A clear Herbert's a back that really excels running the outside zone. Uh, he shows good patience running outside zone. He has the ability to, to make that vertical cut and stick his foot and get up, uh, get north and south. But he also has the speed to take it a distance. So, you know, I think between Khalil and Deontay, you know, splitting carries, 
You mix in a little Rashawn Johnson, get his feet wet. And I think we're going to be really solid in the backfield. But, yeah, it's a crowded backfield. And I look forward to seeing, you know, Homer and Tristan Evans battle out for that fourth spot. I really think Rashawn is going to be – he, like you said, right, his way to get playing time is the pass block. Mm-hmm. And Khalil, he just doesn't excel at that. I think Khalil's an excellent yeah. runner. I think he's, I think he's a speed back. I think he's a guy that can get give you that breakaway speed. But he's, he wasn't good in the pass block. I thought Homer was a guy that was going to come in, and you feel like, okay, I know what he is in the pass block. Foreman, kind of the same thing. I feel like Foreman and and Herbert kind of have the same issue, where like excellent runners, not as good pass blockers. I think Rashawn Johnson might see a a ton of time. This season now early on, right? Probably not. And it's going to depend on what the offensive line does. But to me, right, like having so many backs here is really it it feels like to me to see, Okay, what style of run do we want to have on this team? Because you literally have every style of running back. On this team right now, Tristan Ebner, uh, 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 a little bit of a pass catcher, kind of kind of more like you said, wasn't a wow guy, but like Flus literally, or I should say, Getsy, Getsy literally has pick of the litter on whatever he wants to run. And I I mean, what what kind of style do you see them running? Do you see them running like a, a twin running back in the in the backfield where you got both of them out there? Do you like what kind of style do you see them running that doesn't just telegraph the play because if i see khalil herbert in there i know he can't pass block i'm like okay they're probably running the football yeah and i think and i think it's you know them picking up like you said Rashawn is a guy that can do a little bit of everything right he's good on he's good on perimeter he's good running the ball between the tackles but he's also effective in the passing game but he has the ability to be an elite uh pass blocker in this league and yeah khalil herbert he struggled in that aspect last year you know a lot of times you saw him getting beat by a linebacker uh, a lot of times we saw him kind of confused in protection, you know, and, 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 and when you look at, you know, those guys, you know, you lose, uh, not lose, but Getsy, I think each one of these guys, right, they have to show the ability, right, to be able to run whatever Getsy's calling. So Getsy's bread and butter, our run scheme is the outside zone. Yeah. So I think Deontay Foreman's more of an inside zone runner, more of a, a gap scheme runner in terms of running power and things in between the tackles. But, like you said, you don't want to telegraph the play. You don't want to give the defense any tips or any keys. So when they see, you know, Deontay Foreman in there, they say, okay, it's going in between the tackles. So Deontay Foreman has to show the ability to be able to run outside zone, to be able to stretch and make that vertical cut. But also Killer Herbert has to show the ability that he can be effective running in between the tackles. You know, like I'm not going to say like a Dave Montgomery because there's only one. I was a huge Dave Montgomery fan. You know, he ran with, with passion. He ran with heart and soul. But Khalil Herbert has to show that ability that he can run in between the tackles with toughness. And, you know, I think Rashawn Johnson is a guy that can do a little little bit of both naturally. I think he's a big back, but I think he can run. You know, he can run like a smaller back if he needs to, get to the outside, show him speed. He can be effective in the passing game. So I think that's why, you know, Poles was so excited when he saw a Rashawn Johnson there in the fourth round. He said, hey, you know what? Here's a big back that can do everything. He can do what Deontay Foreman can do in between the tackles, but he also can be effective running out on the perimeter and hit the home run like a Cliff Herbert. So I think that's why Rashawn Johnson is Chicago Bear right now. Fourth quarter. Let's get into the fourth quarter here because I think that this brings up a great topic, everything that you just yeah. said. As we head into the fourth quarter. Because realistically, when we're talking about 
what Rashawn Johns can bring, but a lot of these rookies can bring, right? Javon Dexter, Zach Pickens. I, I really like what Tyreek Stevens can bring, Tyler Scott. Are there players right now that you feel are on the hot seat as far as, hey, listen, we like you, but you're not Ryan Pohl's pick. You're not his guy. We know how when GMs come in, they prioritize their guys at certain points. They want their they want their guys on the team, the team that they're putting together. I think that Roshan Johnson might be a guy that is pushing for this starting running back job, possibly mm-hmm. before this season is over because of what you just laid out. And that would mean Khalil Herbert and or Deontay Foreman are the odd man out here. Yeah, and we look at it too. I mean, you look at you look at the Bears, right? And you look at last year. You look at David Montgomery got carries. Khalil Herbert got carries. Tristan Ebner got carries. Yeah. Uh, you know who else was here? Darrington Evans got carries. Evans got carries. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So they're not afraid to put somebody in the backfield if they're producing, and that's the way it goes. You know, if you're running back and you got the hot hand, well, guess what? They're going to keep feeding. You. They're going to yeah. keep feeding you, you know, so all of these guys, you know, in that backfield or in that running back room, they have an opportunity, you know. So right now, you know, Tristan Everett, yeah, I see a Rashawn Johnson, you know, drafted in the fourth round. So you got to say, you know what, he's he's going to be here. Yeah. He's going to be here. So now you already know football is about a numbers game. So you already know where you're at on that and in, in that pecking order. So he has to look next to him and say, you know what, I know it's between me and Travis Homer. Deontay Foreman's going to be here unless he just doesn't have a great preseason. Yeah. You know, Kelly Herbert's going to be here. So, you know, Tristan Demner and Travis Homer, they got to go out there. They got to be, you know, special teams mavens. They got to go out there and, and just, you know, run that ball to the wheels fall off, you know, because they're going to be competing with each other to be, to earn the right to be in, you know, in that, in that running back room when the season starts. And you now I'll go even further. You talked about uh, Tyler Scott and, you know, some of these other guys. I mean, look at the wide receiver room. It's a crowded, it's a crowded room. Crowded it's a crowded room. room. I mean, Darnell Mooney's coming back off of injury. It's a good thing, by the way. Let's point yeah, that. Good yeah, thing. Good. Right? Like, hey, it was yeah. bare last season. We was looking. We was like, is anybody, anybody in that room? I'm trying to tell you. Justin yeah. Fields is like, hey. <laughs> Justin Fields is like Chipotle right now. He can make, give me a little. Hey, let me get a little bit of Tyler. <laughs> let me get a little bit of DJ Moore. Yeah, let me get, let me get a little bit of EQ Salsa right here. Yeah. So. He's got his pick, you know what I'm saying? But I think I think the biggest – I think in, in that room, right, when we talk about players being on a hot seat, and I'm not going to say – not necessarily being on a hot seat in terms of making this team. Uh, I think he'll make the team just, just because of the reason that you said being a Ryan Poles pick. But I think Baylor Jones is on a hot seat. I really do because you look at it like this, right? Look at this, Pat. Hey, I, I, want, I want y'all to hear this because when I said it on my video this morning, everybody was at my head. There's a professional athlete saying this. I think he's on a hot seat to produce because let's look at it. He was up and down last year, right? He showed flashes of big playability, but then we also saw what? The muff punts, yep. the drop passes, you know, yep. things that, that you can't have if you want to be a playmaker in the league. That's why DJ Moore is here. That's the only reason why because we didn't have enough productivity coming from that wide receiver room from that position. So, you know, I think he's on a hot seat. You bring in a Tyler Scott that can that can take the top off the of defense. Darnell Mooney's coming back off injury. You know, I'm not going to say he's on the hot seat, but I think they want to see how are you going to come back? You know, now you're facing adversity. We talked about that with Tommy Harris earlier. You know, coming coming back off the of injury and, and going through that is tough. You know, as a player, you know, it's one thing to go through the rehab. Another thing to go through – the mental hurdle that you have to go through to get back on the field. But I'm going to be quite honest. 
It sucks as a player having to sit there on the sideline and watch your teammates practice every day. Yeah. It sucks traveling to a game, sitting on the sideline, watching your teammates play and perform. And it really sucks in this, in this profession if you're sitting there watching your teammate or watching other players in your position group have success because guess what? That shows management that, hey, you know what? We may not need this person. We may yeah. not need this guy. So, yeah. you know, it, it, Darnell Moody has to come back and, and prove to this organization and prove to, you know, polls and, and, and the front office people and to his teammates that, hey, you know what? I can regain not just the form that I had prior to me getting hurt. I can surpass that and take the next step of development and really live up to the potential that I have. So, and I look at that receiver room, it's crowded. You got Dante Pettis. I mentioned uh, EQ St. Brown. You know, I don't know how many guys are going to keep. I think usually they keep six receivers. Yeah. And, and majority of the ones that aren't playing are going to have to be special teams guys. So, Bayless Jones, you know, punt returner, kick returner, you're going to have to excel because last year you didn't you didn't excel in that in that role last year. I just don't see a role for him. And it's not – listen, I want the, I, I want every player – like, I think people are weird that are just like, he sucks, get him off of my team, blah, blah, blah. And and <laughs> I do have – the reason I don't live call Bears games is because of – there's a clip out there of me just like fuming <laughs> at Bayless, yelling to cut him in the moment after he muffs a punt in the Washington game. Oh, I'm so mad. It's the reason I don't live call Bears games because, like, I'm very emotional when yeah. it comes to Chicago Bears. Like, I see somebody – I see – I I see Julius Peppers holding somebody. Man. Full grab, full yeah. grab, right? He ain't hold him. Man, this, you this, put the flag away. He ain't this hold is, him. <laughs> this, I, I'm going to tell you a story, right, about my dad, right? And my yeah. dad, Big Mac McKee, right? Military guy. Um, you know, he's my role model, uh, my hero to this day, right? And watching watching a football game with him, or even after a football game, I either get a call from my dad or even if, if he's watching the game, he say, man, you know what? I could have threw that. I could have <laughs> made that tackle. I could have broke that tackle. And I'm here to say, and, and me, I'm here to say, Dad, they would have knocked the snacks out of you, Pop. You get me. <laughs> so you know what I'm I get it. I get it. It's it's and it, listen, I don't I ain't that bad. I never think I you know what did it for me though? I will say this. I did I did at one point believe like I right, I I could make a five yard pass mm-hmm. until um Oh my God, I can't think of his name. I think it was last season or two, no, two seasons ago before Denver got Russell uh, uh, Wilson. Yeah. They had a receiver who had played quarterback in college mm-hmm. step into the game. And this man couldn't complete a pass to save his life. I said, I, yeah, that's the dumbest thing in the world I've ever said in my life. Like, I really was like, I was like, come on, bro. So it's a pitch play. You can't pitch it, bro. You can't. Hey, bro, that's the dumbest thing in the world. I've ever, I'll hold that one, right? Hey, that five-yard pass is easy until that until that 275-pound DN that's way faster than you breathing down your neck. It's really you know what I mean? Easy. You know what I mean? But I, I say all of that to say, right, I'd be wrong sometimes. But uh, I say all that to say, I just I don't see a I, I want the best for Valus. I think it's weird people that are just like I hope right. that you fail so that you off my team. Like you're a weirdo. Stop. Like he's he wears a Bears jersey. He's your guy. But I just don't see a role for him. Like in the special yeah. teams game, I got Dante Pettis. I've got Travis Homer. Those guys have done it already and they've been successful at that. Dante Pettis was successful at it last season. I think that's why he's back here. Um, in the receiving game. I do have Tyler Scott above him on the depth chart because I think Tyler Scott's a guy, big body, tall, good hands, and he can absolutely take the top off a of defense. We know Justin Fields loves deep playability. I think that Tyler Scott might be the steal of this draft by the time it's all said and done. So, like, I just, 
I just I just don't see a role that Bayless plays on this team unless it's just like the Tariq Cohen gadget guy. Yeah. Maybe I could see that for him, but how many plays a game is that? Yeah, exactly. And like you said, like it, it, it's to the point to where like we, we know in this league every year in training camp, there's somebody that just comes out of the woodwork that you don't know about, that wasn't yeah. talked about, that may not have been drafted high, that just exceeds all expectations, right? And I think Bayless Jones, obviously there, there's potential for him. He has a lot of potential. And the expectation for him is to, was to be that playmaker. So I think this is, you know, more important than ever, a time for him to show He's got to show that ability every single day in practice. He's got to – it's got to start in OTAs. It's yeah. got to start in OTAs right now. It's got to carry over to minicamp. And he better put it on display every single day at training camp. And then he's got to take it to the preseason. Because I think, like you said, you know, despite being a, a polls guy, you have to show them that you have that ability. And obviously they're not confident because – they brought in extra guys. They brought in, we need more. Let's bring in DJ Moore. Let's, let's draft Tyler Scott. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We need guys that can make big plays, that has big play potential, you know, for our big play quarterback. He needs help. And you got to be, if you're not one of those guys helping, you're going to be on the outs watching. I'll give you one more guy. This is my long shot guy, but I do think that it needs to be uh, addressed with uh, Tyreek Stevenson joining the yeah. team. I think Jalen Johnson might be a guy. I like Jalen Johnson. I like what Jalen Johnson can bring, but Jalen Johnson is about to get paid. Yeah. If, if it, right, like he, at some point they're going to have to pay him, yeah. and that is coming up very quick. They went out, they got Tyreek Stevenson, six foot, 198 pounds, good hands. He said he has some issues with sometimes recognizing what the play is, but he has really good uh, uh, ability breaking on the ball, getting, to, getting a hand in the play. Jalen Johnson, while the first season they didn't throw the ball at him a ton, the second season, they did throw the ball at him. And, yeah, there were some pass breakups. He played people tough, but I feel like so many times it was like Jalen Johnson played this really well, but they made the catch. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at this defense, right? It's, you know, it's a mirror image of, of the Lovey Smith defense, right? And, yeah. you know, back on our defense, what did we excel at? We excelled at takeaways. Yeah. Takeaways, right? That's your favorite. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like, I, I, how many interceptions did Jalen Johnson have last year? Uno. Oh, I, oh, last year. Oh. Uh, did he have one last year? Or was that from the year before? Well, he's, only well, he one one. he's only got oh. one career. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. One, one. So, you know what I'm saying? When you're looking at, you know, I think that's a great point you bring up because when you look at when you look at this, right, in terms of you know what type of uh, of salary he's going to command. That's going to be the thing they bring up. Well, look here. You have one takeaway for your entire career. Yeah. And you look at all the great backs, that uh, great cornerbacks that we've had, you know, in this type of system, the Nathan Bashers, the Charles Tillmans, the Tim Jennings, you know, you can go on and on of, of the lineage of great cornerback play here in Chicago. What did all those guys excel at? Takeaways. I mean, Charles Tillman still has the peanut punch that everybody's teaching and, and the phrase is coined off of that because he, he either – Forced turnovers, or he got takeaways. Nathan Vasher's nickname was the interceptor because he did what? He got takeaways. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, I think you're right. You know, I think another guy, you know, on the back end or, or at cornerback is, is Kendall Vildor. You know, he's a guy who, you know, you're going to have to compete now. You got Tyreek Stevenson, a guy they brought in the second round. You know, what, what are you going to do? They got some other young cornerbacks that they like as well. So, you know, here's a guy who, what are you going to do? 
I can see Vildor sticking around. I don't think he's a starter in the NFL. I just don't. Right. That may be harsh. I'm sorry. I don't think he's a starter in the NFL. I do think he's a, he's a rotational player. I do think mm-hmm. he's a guy that you can switch in if you go to different packages in the dime and stuff like that where he could get on the field. But I, I just I, I think that that's the I think he's already below Tyreek Stevenson, in my opinion, on a depth chart. And I haven't even seen a play a snap yet. <laughs> like right. he, he just I, I don't think I think that he can play in the NFL, of course, because he's doing it right. But but I just don't think that he can be that guy that can withstand getting picked on. Yeah, and I, I saw quarterbacks literally just go, I'm going to pick on you <laughs> every play yeah. until you try to stop it. And then I'm going to keep picking on you. So, yeah. hey, Vildor, hey, this is the one thing I say about everybody I, I, I talk about. Please shut me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think, he, you know, he's got it like, like, like we talked about before. You know, it's about what have you done for me lately. So, yeah. you know, he's a guy, and I was a guy like that too during my career, that every year you have to come in and prove that you want to be on this roster. You know yeah. what I mean? You're not one of the, the bona fide faces of the organization. You're not a bona fide starter. You know, you got to come in and compete. And you got to make them get rid of you. Yeah. And 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 you look at let's let's talk let's go to linebacker too. And, and another another person I want to bring up too, you know, Jack Sanborn. You know, Jack Sam Lin- Yeah. Sam linebacker. They just drafted uh, Noah Sewell, right? I don't know if he's going to play the Mike or the Sam. If he plays the Sam, now you're in competition with you, Jackson. Competition with Noah Sewell, and then they uh, brought in with Dylan Cole and Frazier, a guy we already had experience. So, yeah. who who's going to be the Sam? You know, Jack, you're undrafted, had a great year. But like like I said, you got to come out. Can you do it again? Yeah. Can we count on you again? You made your mark on special teams. you making plays on special teams and trusted you into the starting lineup. Now, can you take that next step and be the Sam linebacker in this defense that we want you to be? Because guess what? Noel Sewell was a guy that made a lot of plays at Oregon. He was a highly touted recruit coming out of, uh, coming out of high school. He was a five-star recruit that has a lot of ability. So now you got to compete with him along with Dylan Cole, who's a veteran that's played in this league for a long time as well. So it's going to be a lot of it's going to be a lot of intriguing camp battles, um, you know. But the good thing is we have a lot of talent now. You know, I think Poe's done a good job of stockpiling talent. He's been able now he's able to create and manufacture competition based upon you know the talent level that he's brought in. So I think he's done a great job. It's a huge difference from looking at the roster this year compared to last year last year like wow like whoa like man this is what we got yeah <laughs> look I, can, at it this year. I, I can see i can see all of the glue now yes now we just need the stars to stick to it okay. hey man that's another episode of the chicago bears podcast we appreciate y'all for showing so much love make sure you hit that like button subscribe to the page leave us a five-star review man we get names out here tommy harris on the pod jason mckee i'm just pat pat the designer in the building i'm gonna drop my name out here man as always y'all stay safe out there chicago big bear don we'll see you guys here tomorrow with courtney cronin so we're gonna get the inside scoop peace peace